Amen. Praise God. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and always so thankful for the wonderful blessing of the Holy Ghost that visits with us this day. I thank you, Father God, for answering prayer in the lives of so many here tonight. I thank you, Lord, for answering prayer that we've read today through petition, through emails, through letters, through phone calls, and through the actual witness, God, of a dear friend. I would pray, Father God, tonight during this service, I pray you'd bless your word in a way that only you can. I pray you bless over the needs and the activities, God, tonight to Father God, that you would just allow this meeting and allow the other activities in this facility, Father God, tonight to just be in a praise and an opportunity, God, to, to just offer up praise unto heaven's glory on your behalf. I thank you, God, for the privilege you bless us with. Thank you for allowing us to come together one more event, one more time, Father, in your name. I would pray, Father God, tonight that you would just anoint each word that may be spoken. I pray that your will and your way may be manifest in everything that is said and done. May your will, your way, God, be in each of our hearts. And, Father God, as we may go through this day, as we may think and we may pray and we may seek you, Father God, for the needs that we each have in our lives, may we always be mindful, Father, of your great blessings upon each of our lives and souls. We ask and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, I ask you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah. I'm going to be in chapter 9 of the book of Isaiah tonight. You know, many times during the time of the celebration of, of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ during the Christmas season, speak of the birth of Jesus Christ and we speak of the foretelling. And, you know, I don't know a better place to start when we look at how God provided us a Savior than when we first look at when it was first mentioned in the Word of God. And if you turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9, I want you to, to hear these words, if you will, as I read a few of these verses. Verse 4 of chapter 9 of Isaiah. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. Verse 5. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. Verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. May God tonight bless the reading of his word. Out of Isaiah 9, verses 4 through verse 7, I've just read in your hearing. Many of you reading in the Old Testament that have read through it most of your Christian lives, uh, we find a lot of nuggets of what I call pure golden understanding in the Old Testament. Surely this is one of them. You see, the uh, star that appeared in the east uh, wasn't the true first telling of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. For we hear it here as it's spoken unto these people. 
Isaiah speaks his son to his own people. For we know then, just as now, beloved, so many people never heed or hear the warnings that are given by God in their life. Amen? Very few people actually hear or heed the warnings that are given by God each day in our lives. Now, what are some good examples of that? Well, I know sometimes in my own life, which is the only example that I can present to you in truth, would be the fact someone may tell me that I should do something, and yet I fail to pray about it. And by failing to pray about it, I never seek God's will and wisdom for what God would have me to do about it. Whether God would allow me to fulfill it, desire me to fulfill it, or whether or not I should pass on it. Uh, think about a job decision. Uh, think about a surgery. Think about uh, a care that has to be done in your life. Think about a payment of a debt. Uh, just think about a friend maybe, whether or not you want to befriend somebody and befriend to somebody that you never met before. Maybe today's the first time. So there's a lot of decisions every day in our lives that we have to consciously think and say, God, is this what you would have me to do? Now, it's okay to ask God, sure, but we need to pray about that. We not only need to ask God, we need to seek God through prayer, the Bible says, and supplication. We need to seek God wholeheartedly. We don't need to pray, God, I want you to work it out where I can have this new home or this new automobile or work out this need I have in my life, God. And Lord, if you will, I'm going to throw out a fleece, Lord. You've heard many people do that. Some of you may have done it yourself. And say, Lord, if tomorrow morning I wake up and the sun's shining bright, I'll know it's okay to go ahead and buy that new car because I wouldn't want to bring it home on a rainy day anyhow. I heard a pastor say one time, and I thought probably a lot of truth in that. But you know, many times in our lives, beloved, as a believer, we have to not only seek God, we have to also wait patiently for God's answer. Wait patiently for God's answer. And if we had a way of interpreting this book of Isaiah completely and fully and accurately, it would be that Isaiah the prophet, as he spoke these words about the forthcoming of Jesus Christ, the people heard, but the people did not heed. And that's what I want to give you as an understanding of this message tonight. Do we hear, but not heed? So many times in our lives, I think we come forth and we say, God, I'd like for you to help me through a matter I have. And surely, you know, if you pray and you pray with a heart believing and you pray, beloved, as a believer, I want you to know the word of God testifies that he will answer the prayer according to his will and according to his purpose. Amen. Not ours. I didn't say ours. The Scripture doesn't say ours. It said according to His will and His purpose. According to His purpose. So if we look over here in verse 4 again that we've already read, it says, For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. Now that verse clearly interprets the understanding that all the things that have gone wrong around have surely come upon God's people. You know, God's people suffer just as anyone else's people would suffer during the time of need. Amen? If you stop, think about, go back in the years back when the World Trade Center was was uh, was brought down that tragic day when all those thousands of people lost their lives. There was one thing I read in an article that was written by someone on the staff of a, of a well-known ministry, Christian ministry, was the comment that in that building there were so many Christians that they lost their lives, but not a one of them ever fell to the ground. 
And I stopped and thought, how wonderful and how true is that? Not a one of them ever fell to the ground, no matter what floor of the building they were on. Why? Because they were in the arms of Jesus, absent from the body, truly present with the Lord. Amen? And you know, all the rest did suffer that death and did suffer that double death as it will be a death of the flesh and then ultimately a death of the Spirit if that person was lost and, and unclean. If we look in verse 5, it says, For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. What's the Lord telling Isaiah the prophet here is surely that we need to be prepared not for anything that you understand, but for things that are so horrible that you couldn't bear to even watch or put your eyes or your vision upon. Why? Because that day is coming, beloved, when the things that we see around us are going to come to end and there will not be anything that we see as a great blessing. For truly, that will surely happen in the end times. If we look in verse 5, it says, For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise. You know, I surely think many times in our world today, if we've ever lived in a, in a world that's confused with noise, it's now. You know, I can turn the television on, the radio on, I can turn the computer on, and you know, I can listen and listen and listen. And most of what I hear is just people's opinions about things. You ever notice that? What about the Word of God? What about the truth of God's Word? You know, what I'd rather hear, and one day, if God allows it, and I have done this through the Indian Reservation several times, is done nothing but sit there and read through a complete chapter of the, of the book of the Bible. And just read it straight through. No commentary, no remarks, uh, nothing but the Word of God completely read for hour after hour after hour after hour to the people. And you know what they found when they did surveys of people that listened? Many of the people said that's the first noiseless understanding they've had in their life that day. That morning time when they heard that one hour of nothing but Scripture read unto them. You know, there's a lot to be said about hearing the Word of God. Word of God, we know, can set us free. But the Word of God also provides us keen understanding of what God would have and God would need for us to be doing. How we should be living our lives. You know, the Ten Commandments, surely written and then given unto Moses. We know that they were given unto God's people. And the first group of tablets uh, were completely broken uh, because the people did not obey the Word of God that was given through the Ten Commandments that God had penned with His own finger, the Word says. But yet, still the people did not want to truly accept what God has spoken to them as Moses handed them those clay tablets. Now, what about today's date and time? If we fast forward ourselves, uh, what, 2016 years or more, and we go back and look since the birth of Christ, we stop and think, Lord, how many times in my own life, this very day, have you called me to do something? And Lord, because of my own noise or because of the things going around me that commute noise, God, how many times have I missed your calling? God, how many times have I missed what you've asked me to do? You know, I think many of us, if we were honest, we probably have missed hearing the Word of God many times this very actual day if we'd stop and listen. You know, one of the greatest blessings I learned in my life as I learned truly to pray and seek God's will as a young person, it was this. Half of what we should pray for is to pray for the hearing of God's answer. Amen? Pray for the hearing of God's answer. 
I hear people sometimes say the greatest answer they ever had to prayer was an unanswered prayer. You may have heard that before as well. What does that mean? That truly means God did not give them a yes or no, so they thought it through and were patient enough to wait on God to give them the confirmed answer at a later time. There's people in my life, I can just give you a personal testimony in my family, that I have been praying for for their salvation, some of them almost 45 years. And you know, I still pray for those people every day. Since I was a little child when I was first saved, I prayed for those people's needs. I prayed for those people's needs. And thank God, every day I've been able to, I've been praying still continually for those needs. And you know what? One day when I enter into the portals of heaven, you know what? One day I'm going to ask the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, did you hear my prayer? And I know He's going to say He did. But you know what I want to hear? I want to hear from the Lord Jesus Christ. That prayer has been answered, don't you? Don't you want to pray and seek God for an answer to prayer in your life? And you know, that answer to prayer, beloved, I think we have to be careful with because we pray many times for things that we want and not truly for the needs that God wants us to receive. Not truly for the needs that God wants us to receive. There's quite a difference there, isn't there? Sometimes, I know as a hospital chaplain, sometimes I would go through the rooms and I would ask people, how can I pray for you? What's your needs so I can pray in a way that would benefit you? And you know, many of them would say, oh, it's pretty obvious. You can see by this incision I got or these bandages all over my head or body. You can tell by these IV lines I got in me. You can tell while I'm in intensive care, I need a touch. I need to be healed by God. Well, maybe God's got you still for a reason. Amen. Sometimes I know in my life, God has taken me out of commission for a few days or maybe a few hours, maybe a few weeks, so God can get my attention. Amen? So He can have a few minutes with me where I'm not divided with with everything else going on in my life, where work is not taking the place of it, where other things have not taken the place of it, where it's nobody but you and God together. I want you to know, the beloved, that truly is a quiet time and a quality time that few people, even the strongest, most devout Christians you ever meet, have each day in their lives, this day and time in our chaotic world. And we need to continue every day, say, Lord Jesus, would you allow me to hear your voice, even though it's still small, the Word says. We can hear it, beloved, because we're not going to listen anyway with these ears we have beside our head. We're going to listen with our heart of God. Amen? That's what we're going to hear from. Verse 6, most profound verse in the Old Testament foretelling the birth of Christ. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Think of all those names that our Lord Jesus Christ is called. And I don't mean called by because of different people interpreting who He is, but because of who God said He was to the prophet Isaiah. You see, for unto us a child is born, unto us and the government shall be upon His shoulder. The government being all the weight of all the things around. The government shall be on His shoulder. The government being the responsibility that the Lord Jesus Christ received upon Him by God the Father as He allowed His only begotten Son to be born in a manger that day. 
You see, the foretelling of the birth out of Luke chapter 2 is so beautiful and such a, a well-laid-out Scripture where we read from Dr. Luke about, about the birth and the foretelling. And we, we read about Herod and we read about the wise men and we, we read about the people that came and followed the star in the east. We know we read all of those beautiful stories of Christmas. But, beloved, there's no more beautiful story at all than one day when God perceived in his heart that there was no hope at all for all of mankind. That was you and me and everyone in this world that was ever born, ever would be, ever was. And God saw fit that he himself would robe himself in flesh and be born as a child in a manger in a small town, a very small town named Bethlehem and you see this child was born beloved and it's so humbling to each Christian born not to do anything but to become a sacrifice for our sins just born to live to share the truth the word of God his father his father and then to die on a cross on behalf of our sin debt we look further on in verse 7 It says, of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. I love that. You know why? Because my God is eternal. Amen? He always was, He is, and He always will be. Praise His name. It says, upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. We know that as being God Himself. God provided Himself a lamb. Amen? A spotless, blameless lamb to be born in this world. This sin-cursed and darkened world. You know, I, I, had a, I had a young child one time, one night at the hospital that was there because his grandfather was very, very seriously ill. And, and, you know, I, I could tell this little boy, he was walking around with a little of his little children's Bibles that doesn't have any words in it, just has a lot of beautiful pictures. You know, I love those little books. I used to read them myself a lot, even as an adult, because there's so much information there. And you, you glean such a visual understanding of what it means. And this little boy came up to me and he said, I see you have a Bible. He's talking well above his years as far as his words. And I asked him, I said, let me see your Bible. And he said, sure. He said, you'll have to come over here and sit down, though. He said, you sit right here. And he pulled my name tag out and he looked and he said, see, your name is Billy. I said, yeah, my name's Billy. And he told me what his name was. And and he said, let me read you something that's very important. Right in the middle of January, this little boy opened this Bible up and he showed me a picture of baby Jesus inside of a manger. And my grandparents told me that this is the most important book in the Bible because it tells you how much God loves you. And you know, he said a whole lot. He went ahead and preached a sermon to me showing me that one picture out of his little Bible. He said, this shows how much God loves you and me. And you know, I want to leave you with that tonight because I don't know any better way to explain it. There's no better word to explain it than through a vision of a young child that would walk up to an adult, grab them by the hand, and say, I want to show you something important in the Bible. A young child, not even school age, not even school age, not even able probably to read. There was no words in his little Bible. It was all pictures. And he opened straight away 
to that picture where it showed baby Jesus in a manger. And then he showed me the next page. And the next page showed the wise men pointing up to the star in the east as they were following their way there. And, you know, he showed me the next page and it showed little baby Jesus as he was growing up as a young boy. And he told me that his grandpa told him, not only do you need to see him here, but you also need to have him in your heart. And I thought to myself, the very grandfather was lying in intensive care that night, not doing very well, teeter-tottering on life and death, had already put a seed in that young man's heart that he already knew the plan of salvation already. And he was probably only four or five years old. So how do you fit in? How do I fit in the stories and the things that we see in life? You know, if it's one of the greatest blessings I can share with you or anyone else, beloved, it's how God allows true things to happen in my life and, and true situations to take place where I can say those things and see them and I can share those things with people just like you. You know why? Sometimes it takes an experience from an innocent child to open our hearts, doesn't it? Sometimes it doesn't take words printed on a page that do the work of God. Sometimes it's just a simple illustration of just a small babe lying in a manger and a mother and a father as this little babe lied in the manger with his arms in the picture outstretched. You know, I thank God for this. I thank God for the opportunity of this young lad. But I thank God most of all, beloved, even while you and I were yet sinners, Christ died for each of us, the ungodly. And, you know, just as this young boy knew, I want you to know tonight, I want surely there's no greater time than you understanding any of this than it will be here at Christmas. There's no greater time to understand how much God truly loves you than to understand how great your debt of sin is. You know, because we all look at each other and we stop and think about, Oh, Lord God, I've done my very best to do the very best I could and live in a way, God, that would be pleasing to you. Beloved, you can live any way you want to live, but there's still no way you're going to ever offer entrance into heaven unless it's through the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord, because He paid that price in full for your sins and mine. Would you bow your heads with me for closing prayer? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and always so thankful. And surely, God, we're so blessed to be able to come together one more time in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Lord, I pray a special prayer for each one listening tonight to this message. I pray, Father God, you bless those in this meeting. I pray, Father God, that you would just put your arms around each of them. Just let them feel your peace, your love, your joy, and the grace, God, that only you can provide unto us through your beloved Son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. I pray, Father God, if anybody may be listening tonight, Father God, that is lost and damned and walking this world without you, Lord Jesus, I would pray, Father God, you would convict their spirit and their soul this very moment, this very hour, and draw them, God, unto you until that day of salvation may be theirs. I thank you, God, for these powerful words that the prophet Isaiah has penned. But I thank you most of all, Father God, tonight to see how deep and steeped we were within our own sins and how hopeless our world was, Father God. And you loved us so great that you sent your only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believeth in you should not perish, but have everlasting life. God, thank you for that, Father God. 
Thank you for answering prayer in the lives and the hearts of myself and so many others, God, today that call you Lord and Savior. May your will and your way be manifest in everything that is said and done. And we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor, Father. For we come and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. That address again is www.praisingjesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer.